Greetings, adventurers. Welcome to The Confused Orc is Me, your portal to a world where chaos meets comedy in the realm of Dungeons and Dragons. Embrace the unexpected and let's see adventure take us everywhere. After all, in a world of D&D, anything can happen. And often does. And now to start today's adventure, here's our Dungeon Masters, Kyle Stobiner and Ryan Wells. When we last left our heroes, we came in and had a little bit of a one-on-one jam chalk. I am Kyle Stobiner. I've been doing this game D&D for about 20 years, and with me I have... My name is Ryan Wells, and I've been doing D&D yeah, about 20 years, give or take. Mm-hmm. I would say it's the same. And today we are going to actually have a little bit of a rapid-fire Q&A with being led by our confused orc. Huh? Ladies and gentlemen, I wanted to do a quick interview, uh, just a few questions each, uh, with our dungeon masters, our game masters, so that we could get uh, um, kind of a capsulated uh, opinion from each. And I'm going to start with Kyle. Yep. How approachable is this game for new players? So it is, so D&D itself, I think is, it's most approachable that it's been. Every year they, you know, with every new edition, they make it more user-friendly and which is so many D&D podcasts and, and people playing this game, I think it is as easy as it's ever been to get into. It is definitely tough when if you're not rules focused to there's a wall that some people might hit um and that is why it's really important to have a gm that is practice and can work you through it um play with your friends and somebody who knows uh, is it expensive to start i have played this game it can be again like we said i think the first session you were talking about ryan you were talking about buying all the books that is by no means a necessity. Yeah, do it anyway, though. Buy them all. <laughs> <laughs> I have played this game. I play a... One of the games I play is called Pathfinder. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend it. It's yeah. kind of a competitor to D&D, like Wizards D&D mm-hmm. um, in particular. So we're not sponsored by D&D. So I think it's okay to say Pathfinder is one of my favorites. And they have a database online. Oh, it's beautiful. With all of their rules yeah. heavily, like fully organized... And I have ran games completely for free. Yeah. So you don't yeah. have to buy the characters, no. the maps, the no. books, no. the dice. You can kind of, if I wanted to show up at a game invited by one of you guys, mm-hmm. I could get in with some uh, basic, what you've already shared with me, yeah. general knowledge and without a lot of expense. So I think that does make it approachable. And I think the only thing is a dumb orc mm-hmm. huh, that I would say is that it takes time yes and of course as we become adults time is more and more important or or difficult to find so that might be the biggest challenge ryan my first question for you what are some of the common misconceptions about D D, and how would you address them 
Uh, the biggest one is that women, girls do not play D and D. That is oh, what I interesting. hear the most is that I've talked to people at work and the moment I say D and D, they're like, oh, I bet you don't have a single girl in that group. It's like, no dude, like it is all inclusive. Everyone plays, everyone is interested. And I think that, yeah, that is definitely the biggest one. So I always try to tell people like, no, it is literally for everyone. I know tons of different people from tons of different backgrounds. So men, women, and what about all ages? Uh, yeah. 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 All absolutely. ages. I've had a lot of friends. Um, I've yet to do this, but we'll see how it is when the smaller ones in my life yeah. get uh, a little older. I've had friends who started, you know, their kid gets to 12 or 13 yeah. and they want to play and they run games for they're teenagers and have you and both younger. played with women in the I most games? of most of my games are all all female yeah. uh, players. So is that that must make it even more dynamic in sure. the story. It's true. I mean, um I, I but like there's that I feel like that the again the gender bias yeah. has been completely busted down. Mm-hmm. Like there is obviously there are still yeah. a lot of issues with uh, gatekeeping from, you know, members of the community that are being less inclusive for difficult. all sorts of kind of people being yeah. super difficult. And that's un- that's not cool. Yeah. And I feel like everybody should play this game. Yeah. So, Ryan, the, the misconception women don't play yes. uh, all all ages play was yes. was there anything else that you had in your mind when you posed that question yeah i mean uh, that's definitely the biggest one i've seen but the other ones is you know usually uh i've been asked like if i play nindy i must be a nerd or i must you know <laughs> hide in a basement somewhere everyone like i said inclusiveness i've had people who are coming from so many different backgrounds who play dnd uh one of my favorites he's a potter um, and he is, you know, when you first meet him, you didn't, you wouldn't think he plays D and D, but then you find out he has this whole collection in his room of D and D books. Uh, and it's just, it's, 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 it's beautiful how you can connect with so many different types of people. Um, uh, and I think that's what you have to go into it going, Hey, I don't know who I'm going to meet today sometimes. Um, but I'm gonna make a friend. Well, that's interesting that, uh, uh, making it inclusive is so important and it, it sounds like whether it's friends or strangers, it's a, it's a game that can be started with anyone. Kyle, back to you. Um, how does the game usually play out? Kind of give me, you know, in the next session, we'll talk about death and the end of the game, but as a GM, where are you trying to take the story? How, how do you set up a closure? Uh, I have a, usually, again, I go from this overarching view, um, and I like to have it, again, it's up to the players, like, the players can kind of do whatever they want, but I do like to have acts, I like to, you know, take it in ways that make sense from a lore perspective, but the game itself plays out, I think we've we've covered that question a lot uh, through the other episodes of just, like, you come in with these simple character ideas and just as the overarching plot happens, as things go, the characters in the players' minds become more, they uh, develop, they the develop, story develops and the story develops the NPCs they interact with around the world develop their interactions with them. You know, they'll go into a town and they'll have, have a chilly reception from the NPCs around them. But then after they've spent some time there and maybe gotten to know them, suddenly 
they're protecting this town from the evils of the outside world and everyone in the town is their the best friend. the store clerk becomes your best friend. Exactly. Yeah, so or the it, bartender. Is, it is ever kind of developing and the, a skilled GM can take this ever developing world and make this plot have come to a conclusion. We'll talk about how to wrap games and kind of where a game can end up in the next session, but sending it to that conclusion is very difficult and oftentimes doesn't happen. Yeah. I've had it. I had a game a couple years ago that ended after three and a half years. Mm-hmm. And when it hit that final button where the final button note of you're just like, this story is over. Thank you for playing. It's, there's nothing like it in the world. Absolutely. Wow. Like a sense of completion, yeah. a sense yeah. of a beginning and a middle, and then you get to the end and, and that's important. Yeah. Well, you mentioned NPC characters. We actually have in the studio a master NPC character. Uh, I'd like to ask, and you can yeah, use, what's up, man? you can use any character you want. What's it like being an NPC player where you kind of dropped in and out of games and you could be anything from a, a, a English knight to an elf to a, a wizard right. to even just some creature on the side of the road, maybe even a dragon. Um, how yeah. would you feel completing these characterizations? Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's uh, it you know, being an NPC, uh, it can be a hard gig. I'm not, I'm not kidding. Um, you know, you, you get, I have an agent. He sends me out every day, all these different games. It's like, a, and millions of people play this game, right? Man? I mean, there's, they need a lot of NPCs. There's, there's a lot of us get cast all the time. I'm just one, I'm just one of many. So I approach a gig. I talk to the game master, or the dungeon master, whatever the hell they call themselves. And I, and you know, they tell me what the, thing is what where i'm coming from and what i have to do and then i usually have to add it up in my brain and depending on what i drank the night before i come up with something that's halfway decent sometimes and you know i i can't do anything that uh you know it's none of the things in the characters actions i don't do those it's not my thing they they write all the stuff for me to do so it's entirely up to them you bring it to life though if you had a, I, i'm just one or two favorite characters? i don't really i i just i just execute what they want like somebody said you know make him a mafia guy and so i okay all right i'm gonna be a mafia guy you know so it's i i literally i'm an aspect Have of their you ever imagination done a fairy what or, kind of fair are we talking about? This is 2023, man. 2024 by the time you I'm talking it. about the little flying creatures that are magical. Oh, right. Oh, um, yes, of course I've been a fairy. I'm, 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 and, and I have a gold wings and I have fairy dust and I, I sprinkle them all over the town. I do all of that. I can do that forever. I, I do. I've been, I've been a bartender. I get lots of bartender gigs. I've been... You know, a lot of uh, grocery store clerks. Uh, uh, I, you know, the whole Lord of the Rings thing, man. There's so many things from that. They've yeah, I've, those freaking elves. I mean, they're lots everywhere. Of elves. Oh, I'm up to here with elves. You, can, can, you can't say that. This 2024. Remember, you can't just say freaking elves. Come oh, on. Oh, fucking elves. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's um, much sure people. Um, no. Okay. <laughs> what? What is well, it? Uh, but I've been a goat. I've been, you know. Really? Been, oh God. I've been a goat. I'm so. I've Give us your best goat. Uh, bah, no, that's a sheep. Damn it. I should not have drank last night. Uh, but anyway, 
What's your, uh, well, next, what's your question? No, no. I was just appreciate you being a part of the uh, interview today and sure. sharing some of your amazing characters as a, as a way to end your part of this Q&A. Let's say you're a um, British store clerk uh, welcoming uh, the confused orc huh? into a store. How would that go? <clears throat> Good afternoon, sir. May, uh, may I help you? You look a bit confused. <laughs> well, thank you, sir. All right. right. That was perfect. All right. Back to Brian. How do you handle as the GM unexpected player choices that deviate from the story? Because it's you have a wireframe or an outline of the where you want the story to go. Yeah. But if you have a player that wants to go out in the left field... As the GM, how do you manage that? So I actually have a campaign I'm running right now where I knew how I wanted it to start and how I wanted it to end. And I had an idea of how the middle would kind of be. Uh, but through player choices, the middle of the campaign is now vastly different. And you just have to kind of roll with it at that point. Um, because it's your story, but it's also their story as well. So yeah, ad- adaptability is a huge thing. So uh, in-game. Adapt with NPCs, story, out of game, talking to players, checking in on them. Hey, here's what I noticed you guys are super interested in. Let's start going down that path and see what we can do. So being being fluid with the, the story is key. I think that's a huge trap that a lot of uh, GMs fall into. Of like They really want to tell their story. And then that's all they really focus on. And then it's just mm-hmm. like, yeah, you know, you start to feel players who are just not into it as much. Yeah. And then that's winning kind of goes south a little bit. So if I had any advice for a GM, the best advice I got mm-hmm. for GMing involves this and it's keep it modular. Mm-hmm. So let's say the players, the characters and, and not to a certain extent, you, you want to make sure the players have agency in what they choose. Yeah. But let's say you the goal is to get to a dragon and you have the players start in a town and you know, you want them to get to a dragon. Well, originally I planned for them to go through a cave, then to go through a castle and then get to a dragon. Well, the players, and I know what I want to have. I want to have certain monsters in the cave and certain monsters in the castle. And then they get to the dragon. Well, let's say they just like no. We, there's a forest nearby, and we know it'll get us there too. We want to go through the forest. Well, a shortcut, a shortcut, yeah. Well, you want to reward the players for making their choices. So, but you have planned all this stuff. Well, there's nothing to say that some of those monsters you were planning to have in that cave suddenly are in the forest. Are now going to be in the forest, you have to right? Adapt and that, a little bit, change a little aspects yeah. here and there. And that's but. where you were talking, uh, Ryan, about being fluid with yep. the story. Yeah. Well, Kyle, um, what is your? Uh, and this has kind of been covered, but maybe in a, in a more succinct way. What is your favorite part of the game, and why do you play it? I play this game for the player interactions, the storytelling aspect the telling a story that you have an idea going in and because the players are playing this from their aspect and they have this change the story that comes out is completely different my favorite story and i'll try to tell this really quick of recent times i had a player who they were fighting this big monster that had a bunch of these really dangerous crystals, which are kind of the MacGuffin of my current story, on its back. And the player cast a spell that's in the book. It's, it's 
you know, the players didn't make up the spell. It's a rule in the book. And just the way it worked out, it held them down, but they kind of got a turret almost, and they used it, um, and the dice rolls were not good for them, and the crystal exploded and ended up in the character. Like, that's the only way we could have worked it because they can't move. And they had this moment of the players, the the other players coming up and helping this player on the ground. We went through this whole thing where they needed to take the, the crystals out and the character would take damage. So they had to bring, they had to talk to the character and bring them back from the brink. And it was this really emotional moment. And afterwards the player pulled the, pulled me aside and was like, Hey, thank you for that. That was super cathartic. Uh, I had my child, real life child, in 2020, and when that happened, uh, I couldn't be around anyone. Mm. So this was super cathartic because all my friends were around me for this thing. And so that moment was one of the recent times I went back and said, oh, this is one of the best things in my life. Because these moments, these bits of storytelling with your friend... They're beautiful. There's so much cool, cool stuff. Yeah, life life interacting with the game. Well, Ryan, for our last question, what is the most rewarding part of Dungeons & Dragons that keep you coming back to the game for you? Free food. Yeah. <laughs> Free food is definitely... Uh, the GM the tax. G- we yeah, didn't talk oh, about that, but the a, players... Oh, oh. The players bring the food. The GM gets doesn't have to pay because it's GM. Ah, we never mentioned that, ladies and gentlemen. Note this. <laughs> if you are the GM, you get the reap the benefits of the food because brought by the players. you have to do the most work. Yeah. Yes. Not All right. sponsored by Rain Energy Drink, but I get a lot of free Rain Energy Drink. <laughs> um, no, well, I would say definitely for me, what you said, like... Well, the most report... What part of the game and you've already touched on this but i want a more succinct answer for our listeners what is the most rewarding aspect of the game that brings you back year after year for these last couple decades in playing dungeons and dragons so it's different for each gm it's different for each player for me personally i want to say connection uh, I love D&D. I love everything about D&D. And then, you know, D&D, Pathfinder, Shadowrun, whatever. But it's the connections that you make. And for me, you said before, um, uh, Scott, that, you know, as you get older, time is more fleeting. It's harder to spend time with the ones you love. D&D, for me, has been a great way to keep in touch with people that I think... If I didn't have D&D and I didn't have a lot of free time, I wouldn't be able to keep those connections or those friendships at least as strong. And it's a way for us to say, hey, we love D&D, but we love each other more. We are going to take time out of our life no matter what. Kids, school, work, whatever. We are going to find a time to get together because at the end of the day, you know, for me, when we start a campaign uh, session, the first 20 minutes is catching up in real life. Like, hey, so what have you been up to? How's work? How's kids? How's life? And that's what it kind of comes back to is like as much as you remember the characters and the story and all the good stuff, I'm there to see my best friends. I'm there to see my family, the ones I love, uh, you know, chosen family at that point. And I think that's what keeps me coming back. Well, I think it's great that both of you mentioned the social aspects and how valuable that has been, not only to your lives, but your friends and fellow players. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, we want to thank you for joining us on D&D, The Confused Orc is Me. Huh? 
And our next session, we're going to talk about ending a game, what happens if you die in a game, and some of those aspects. But we appreciate you listening. And for uh, Ryan Wells and Kyle Stobener and me, the Confused Orc, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to D&D, the Confused Orc is me. We hope you learned a lot about Dungeons and Dragons today. And we hope you'll be back with us real soon for another episode. Stay tuned, won't you? <laughs> <laughs>